dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Today's episode is Mother Natalia's, and she is speaking on the subject of goodness. Where it comes from, where it goes, how we get it. Um, she discusses that our, our true humanity can only be found in being uh, man as oriented and moving towards becoming God. Um, how any other behavior is subhuman, especially when we go about our day seeking pleasure and how all of that becomes animalistic. Uh, we also discuss the various ways to to witness to holiness in those who are closest to us and among our family and friends, but also in the wider world. Um, and Mother Natalia um, is not feeling her best, so instead of calling you listeners, she calls you listen people. If you are a <laughs> hashtag banter hater, you can uh, skip ahead to 10 minutes and 47 seconds after the end of this recording. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. I'm trying to come down to your level with my new deep voice. <laughs> uh, you mean, you mean um, I almost said, like, God gave you a deeper voice, but I don't want to blame your sickness on God. <laughs> that would have sounded weird. That was, that was one of the, the, the funniest. Like, I mean, again, I, I know we're all, most of us listening to this are Christians. We love our, we love our Jesus a lot. So you'll take this as it is. But there was a, the, the, uh, there was a Simpsons episode where they had, uh, there was a, a natural disaster, a, a hurricane or something like this in Springfield. And um, just as the camera's panning over to like the relief center, where people, if they're evacuated, they go to this relief center, mm-hmm. and the camera pans over there, and it's a church. The the relief center is a church, and it says on the sign of the church, it says, um, "God welcomes his victims." Why is that what you just shared on the podcast? The question of I'm sorry. I said, "Why is that what you shared on the podcast?" No, because the things that pop into my mind, I say with my mouth. Um, oh. And I was like, just because obviously that's the question: Why does God let? bad things happen and of course he doesn't cause them but have anyway, you it was just it was an interesting thing how far have you seen into the chosen have you seen the new season at all no i've only seen episode i've seen season one and episode one of season two okay what i know i'm way behind it. have you not even seen nathaniel um under the fig tree do you even uh, love no, me oh my gosh yeah. um you are being such a, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be sexist. <laughs> You're being such a mother to tell you. That's fair. Um, well, there's, there's a scene in the, <clears throat> in the current season where um, Peter gets really annoyed with Nathaniel because of something that he says. <laughs> and Peter says um, something along the lines of, have you ever tried having a thought and it not coming out of your mouth? And like all of the sisters, all of the sisters turn and look at me because um, I'm named after Nathaniel and that really applies to me. <laughs> so, uh, me too, obviously. We also sang a Stakira in the chapel the other day about uh, being reckless and all of the nuns like <laughs> flip their heads around and look at me. It's like, well, it wasn't all of them. It was like half of them. So. Anyways. Well, recklessness can be really good. And I think in you it is. Aw, thanks. Reckless love. That sounds like a good country song. That sounds like a band name. 
Bad names have to have like alliteration or rhyme or some sort of like a, a vowel in the middle of the two words that are that sound You're the just same. Putting the weirdest. These are the rules, mother. These are the rules. Sorry, I don't know the rules of naming bands. Or have like a really kind of funny, provocative name like Bare Naked Ladies or Name It After Yourself like Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, you're just making up the rules as you go. That's fine. That's kind of how you live life, I feel like. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, so Whenever, when Jesus yells at someone about that in the shows and that's when everybody would look at me. He just <laughs> makes up things and says that they're ancient Byzantine traditions because nobody knows any better. I was talking with Father Dufresne recently and I was like, well, you know, because St. Paul says this and then he gets this look on his face and I was like... <laughs> Did St. Paul say that? And he was like, that was Jesus. And was like, <laughs> but he said it so kindly. And so, anyways, I was like, that's, yeah, that's, I'm not a great nun. Anyways, uh, one day on the scripture, as I was giving a talk at a parish the other day, I, I just said, if someday I can quote scripture the way I can quote Nacho Libre, <laughs> my life will be much better or something like that. But I mean, Nacho Libre is a profound movie, but whatever. Well, this is why they make the chosen so that it's as entertaining as Nacho Libre. And yet exactly. it's about Jesus in the Bible. So. Um, you know, what's funny is when, <laughs> when Father Dufresne corrected me on this again, just like so sweetly. Um, I was like, oh, I can't believe I forgot that. Jesus even says that in The Chosen. And Father Dufresne's like, he also says it in the Bible. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. But whatever. Um, oh, Andrew Whaley's taken off. I'm going to oh, give him a blessing. He's driving Andrew out right Whaley. now. Like 15-hour drive. He's going to do it in like three days, though. Two, three days. Wow. But he, he just waved at me oh. in the window. He doesn't know that he was also waving at me. Yeah, exactly. Well, he probably just knew what he knew I was recording. Oh. Andrew Whaley's taking a temporary gig in Lander, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Lander, Wyoming, go say hi to Andrew Whaley at Calix Coffee. Yeah. Uh, he, this Calix, is... Calix, not Calix. His company's Calix. It's Crux. Crux Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't have any train of thought right now, really. I'm just going to jump to the next thing, which is that... Well, nice to um, admit. Yeah, it's, that's where I'm at. Um, that's, what, that's how most men work all the time, by the way. <laughs> like, you know how, like, stereotypically women will say, what's going on in your mind, honey? And it's like, uh, literally nothing. You, I, you, you, you brought me back to reality after my mind being was on nothing. <laughs> I sh- so I, that's something that I also mentioned in my talk at that parish when I was talking about Nacho Libre. I was talking about how part of the benefit of the Jesus prayer uh, about learning to pray the Jesus prayer without ceasing is that as humans, our minds are always going. And so like, if our mind is always going to go with something, uh, we might as well have it be the Jesus prayer. And then I was like, well, actually, I think sometimes men... I don't know how they do this, but I feel like men sometimes are literally thinking of nothing. <laughs> but that's not how that's not how we work in. So it's um, but thinking of Jesus would still be better than thinking of nothing. Oh, oh obviously, yeah, yeah. But I so when I I've had a few experiences recently as I get older. Like the other day, I was cleaning out my closet and I found a T-shirt from like my time in Denver, I think it was a jelly t-shirt or something like that. I was like, I have t-shirts, like my t-shirts 
measure my life. So I have t-shirts from like, I have a live like Paul t-shirt from Steubenville because of Paul Coakley, a guy who died. And then, and, and it's just a beautiful t-shirt that his friends put together. So I was like, okay, I have my t-shirt from Steubenville. I have my old household t-shirt from Living Stones, Aquinidia. I have my jelly t-shirts from Denver. I have my, I actually have a, a Jackson Wink uh, t-shirt from Albuquerque, my old MMA gym. I don't know I have, um, MMA. Jackson Wink. Jackson Wink. They're, they're the team that trained Holly Holm. Do you know who okay. that is? No. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, and then I have like, now I have these Casita t-shirts and things like this. And I was thinking I can look at these t-shirts, every single one. And I have very vivid memories about this. So speaking of memory, I don't remember much. We all know this, but, but I have very vivid memories of like certain times in my life. I'm like, how do I get new memory? How do I get the beautiful things, the most beautiful things in my life to have that deep place in my subconscious and my deep place in my long-term memory? So I, I was standing in church at Matins yesterday and I looked at the altar. I looked at the icons. I was like, take it in, sense it all. <laughs> like, I want, I want this image to be like embedded in my mind rather than like, yeah. if I am thinking of nothing, the first thing that comes to mind is like some random stupid thought from college or something like this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want my, when I was soon my mind goes from emptiness to something, I want it to be an iconostas on a Lenten morning praying matins. Like that's what I want my brain to be yeah. working on rather than other stupid things. Yeah. Um, my brain is totally shut off right now. Can you just, could you just see my eyes, my eyes glaze over? All right. So, so on the topic, mother's topic is all about um, people that may be saints. No. Oh, oh because of my prayer? Yes. Oh. She um, prays to C.S. Lewis if he's a saint. <laughs> That's literally what happened in prayer. I think he's a saint. I hope he's a saint. I'm going to pray to him like a he's a saint. Too. And then... Anyways, that's probably, I'm like going to verge on heresy here, so I should stop. But I am going to quote him at some point in this, not quote, paraphrase, because I don't remember the quote. But he's probably even quoting someone else in it. No, my podcast episode is about goodness. But before I got to the episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to someone um, in Nebraska. I don't know if he would want me to say his name, so I won't. But he sent me a letter that I got yesterday with a poem that he wrote for me based on something that I shared on Matt Frad. And it was, like, incredibly beautiful. Um, And he debated when, like, if slash when to send it. He wrote it in, like, December. And and it came yesterday at just the exact right time. And so it was really beautiful. So shout out to him. That's how the spirit works. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I... This is so scattered it my brain's not quite as bad as it was the other day do you remember in direction father michael when i was telling you about my laundry um the short story the short story of it people is that people (laughs) listen people uh (laughs) the short story of it is that i was on a rampage going around the monastery to figure out who left their clothes in the washer because i really needed to do my laundry and um then I just give up and I go to my room to get my laundry uh, so that I can just put theirs into a basket or something. And I'm like, that's weird. Where is my laundry? Why is it not in my room? And it's because that whole time my laundry was the one in the washer and I had no recollection of starting it. And that's the kind of headspace I'm in. So there's that. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about goodness, uh, which isn't really a spoiler because that's going to be in the title. 
it's a word from a Pustinic podcast because I just got off of Pustinia, which was really great. Uh, so I want to share a few quotes from Father Michael. Have you read <coughs> Therapy of Spiritual Illnesses by um, Dr. Oh, I think Dr. I call him Father in another podcast. I wonder if he's also a priest. Oh, this is awkward. Um, Dr. Jean-Claude Larcher. Oh, poor Father Deacon Jonathan is going to be so disappointed in me. I don't think he's, he's not a priest. Oh, this is embarrassing. All right, I'm going to move on. So have you ever, <laughs> have you ever read this? Therapy of spiritual illnesses. Father Deacon Jonathan recommended it and a long time ago on our podcast and I'm finally getting around to it and it's just like so beautiful it's very intellectual so like if you're going to take it on just know that that uh but it's so beautiful and it's like every page every page has like six to ten quotes by Mm. church fathers um beautiful so all of it is quoting the church fathers and it's basically talking about um, the wounds caused by our sin, namely the eight evil thoughts, and how to heal those wounds um, using spiritual remedies. Yeah. I'm at the very beginning, so I haven't even gotten to the illnesses yet. Um, I've just gotten to, I've only read the first few chapters, which are about um, like the anthropological premises, premises? Hmm. For... Um, no, definitely not that one (laughs) for, uh, like the foundation for the rest of it. And so Dr. Jean-Claude Larcher talks about, I can't believe I called him father. That's so embarrassing. Talks about, um, (laughs) you just mute yourself. (laughs) No, but I kind of whispered. Could you not hear me? Uh, I could not. Oh, maybe listen. You literally muted yourself and just can turn it back on again. (laughs) No. So uh, he talks about how how man was before the fall and then kind of what happened in the fall. And then, um, and the pathology of fallen men, fallen man. And then he starts to get into the illnesses. So I want to talk about just the very beginning, which is the wholeness of man before the fall. And, um, and why we call it the fall. <clears throat> because St. Basil, in one of the quotes that Larcher gives, St. Basil says, these are some really strong things that are coming across here, just as a warning. Um, St. Basil the Great says, man is a creature that has received the commandment to become God. And he's quoting Gregory the Theologian, quoting Basil the Great, um, but quoting Michael Scott. Um, I mean Gregory Nazianzus. Is that Gregory the theologian? Yeah. I shouldn't have asked you that online. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> the good thing I do. <laughs> oh, what did you say? Yes. Oh, okay. I missed it. Uh, so, um, man is a creature that has received the commandment to become God, and then, um, there are these other parts that. All of this, like, the author is very, very good to be commenting on what the fathers are saying. Like, none of this is really his own opinion. This is all backed up by the fathers. Uh, He says that the author, Larcher, 
says, um, oh, outside Christ, man is neither really nor fully man. He is outside his own nature. He lives with part of himself lost and remains in a state of alienation. And then he goes, this is like the boldest statement, and I love it so much. He says, man defined by himself, independently of his relation to God that is inscribed in his very nature, is a non-human being. There is no such thing as pure human nature. Man is man-god, or else he does not exist. Um, So he says, like, man outside of being a man-god does not actually exist. Yeah. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that in a second. I just want to share a couple more quotes first. <clears throat> As he then goes to talk about, um, about our nature and the freedom with which we're born, um, the freedom with which we're created, sorry. He says, living a virtuous life consists only of living in accordance with one's own nature. That is, in, unite, in using one's faculties in the way for which they were made to direct oneself towards God and to realize his likeness. So this is what we've talked about before on the podcast about how um, the freedom that we're given is really a freedom to choose the good. It's not just the freedom to do what, like freedom doesn't mean do whatever you want and don't suffer consequences. The freedom that we're given is really the freedom to choose the good. Because if Adam wasn't given the opportunity to choose evil, then he wouldn't really have free will. Um, because the fathers say that if something is is forced and it's only out of necessity, then that's not what qualifies as virtue. Um, so it's, it's something freely chosen. And then uh, the last few things before I start commenting on them is about the fall. So this is... Um, I don't, I don't know which father this is because I can't understand the footnote, but it's it's a father. I'll just tell you that much. He says, rightly, Adam is said to fall because he does not act according to his cause and origin. Or sorry, not Adam, just anyone who sins. Rightly is he said to fall because he does not act according to his cause and origin, according to which, in which, and through which he came into being. And then later, every act which turns man from God to his becoming divine. Oh, man, I'm sorry, my brain. Every act which turns man from God and his becoming divine, the deification to which he is called by nature, is evil and constitutes a sin. In other words, every act by which man turns his faculties away from their natural goal. And so what the fathers are very unanimous about is that in our freedom, we have a freedom to choose the good. We have a freedom towards the good. We have a pull towards the good. And that it's, um, and that this is why it's called the fall because, um, or when we sin, it's called a fall because we're falling from the heights to which we're actually called mm-hmm. and yeah. from the heights to which we're actually created. Mm-hmm. We're falling lower um, than what we were created to be. <laughs> We're, we're falling away from being this God-man. And the reason I like that so much, this, this concept of um, man does not exist outside of being God-man, 
is because I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before too, but like, it really bothers me when we say, and, and I say this, I'm trying to catch myself when I say it because it's so habitual. Um, when we sin and then we say, I was just being human. Um, and well, that's just human. And the reason I don't like that is because Christ was fully human. Christ was fully man. And so for us to say that to sin is human is is like making less of humanity what it actually is. It's bringing, because, because Christ obviously did not sin. And so actually it's much more accurate when we sin to say we're being subhuman. You know, this is why it's talked about in this book. This is why like in the Psalms and things like that, we say that, that when men act this way, they act as beasts. They act as mm. animals because the animals are without the rational soul. And um, so we're acting as less than we are when we sin. And um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll pause there to, if you want to add to that. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, the, uh, the little neighborhood we moved into in Santa Paula where we bought our new, new church. Um, there's a lot of addicts around. It's a downtown area. Um, and I was, it's, it's funny because like, I'll try to walk around, especially wearing my cassock and just so that people know there's a priest there and they know there's a church there that's, you know, active and things like this. And, and I can't tell you how many just walking around, how many drug exchanges I've seen, you know, just uh, like in the open, you know, I know this happens in a lot of cities. Now, when I live in LA, of course, I know it happens here, but it's just that that neighborhood is kind of right smack down in the middle of all that, um, which we see as a as an opportunity from our Lord um, to bless it with our presence. But <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, there's something when 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 someone's an addict that's that that bad, you know, usually it, that 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 brings upon homelessness. It brings upon mental illness. There's just a lot of things like this. That's that we almost when we do that, we almost become animals because basically animals wake up, look for food, maybe look for sex, then mm -hmm. go to bed. Like that's what they do. Like, and then they just wake up, basically look for food and go to bed. And and there's something about addicts that that I, you know, you wake up, you feed your addiction, you go to bed. Like that, that's what you do. It, it, there's a removal of humanity. And so, as, I, as I've sure I've mentioned out here before, I one of my passions is I I pray that our Lord helps me and my community to understand. You know, many places are giving out food, many places are offering shelter, but there's something and then they almost already have community um it, it, it's sometimes evil community but it is community but one of the things that, that that many don't have if they're addicts or homeless or mentally handicapped living outside is is beauty mm. you know there's something like how do we offer the transcendent but sometimes you can't offer the transcendent nobody's going to want the transcendent nobody's going to want truth or beauty or goodness because they're so wrapped up in that so the other things like rehab those things need to happen but but it, it's true. Like we, we almost become animals. And and this is not only for those who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. This is for you know social media. <laughs> you know, some people wake up, they they get all of their all of their stimulation and affirmation from social media, and then they go to bed. You know, or there there's something that we have that we wake up, we search for, and then we go to sleep. And and what are we looking for? And and that we we if we don't actually spend part or all the day with self-gift with Christ, like self-sacrificial christ-like self-gift mm -hmm. 
that, that we be, that we are like an animal. We wake up, we, we search for our own pleasure, and then we go to bed. And I mean, it's so humbling to think of how every single one of us does that to a certain extent. So yeah. the ability that we can do to do exactly what you're saying, Mother, is to make sure that we we understand our dignity as those undergoing purification towards theosis, towards union with God, and then act like Jesus Christ did in, in a self-sacrificial way that is a self-gift to others, um, that's when we live out our true dignity rather than just this kind of scraping and, and scrapping for, for pleasure and then going to sleep again. Yeah, and I think I, I was going to say that. Um, I was going to say that too because, you know, as you're talking about how like, well, it's not just the addictions to drugs and stuff. It's also the addictions to, to social media. And, um, and I was glad that you added in there because I was going to say this. Like, this is also true for all of us to some extent. It's like literally every time we sin, we're acting as an animal. Every time yeah. we're grasping at a pleasure that we know won't fulfill us, we're yeah. acting as an animal um, because we're not we're not living for the divinity to which we're called. And and this is clear. Like we all know this to some extent, right? Like we all have things in our life. We all have moments in our life, our daily life, even <laughs> where we're like. I know that this like extra handful of Cheetos isn't going to like actually make me happy. And in fact, I'm going to regret it, but then I'm going to eat this extra handful of Cheetos. I, maybe I just miss Cheetos because it's the great fast. I don't even really <laughs> eat Cheetos, whatever. Anyways, I just miss cheese. Um, that's not even real cheese. <laughs> um, yes, Funyuns, which is so ironic because of my great hatred of onions, right? But uh, anyways, so. But, Send mother Funyuns. Oh my she gosh, send me all the Funyuns. <laughs> I've never just shamelessly asked for something on the podcast, but I'm shamelessly asking for Funyuns. But make sure they come after the fast because otherwise it will just taunt me. Um, so, the but what you're saying really ties well into this conviction that I had on Pustinia. And this is like a really hard thing to share because it's so humbling. But, uh, and I, I've shared it on an episode before um, on Eyes to See, I think was what the episode was called. And it's like, so in my past, for many years, um, basically people were just objects to me and to be used in some way in my life. And I, I didn't realize this at the time. Like I can at least excuse myself to some extent because that's like, or maybe not excuse, but it like, I think diminishes my culpability there of, I didn't even realize I was doing this because I think it's so common in our world, but it's like, if someone didn't amuse me or they weren't a romantic interest or they weren't in some way building up my self ego or some self ego, that's redundant, um, building up my ego or something like that, then, then I just would dismiss them. Right. Like I wouldn't spend time with them. I wouldn't give them the light of day unless those other more useful people weren't available. And then I would go to them. And, um, and it was like really horrific, uh, the way that I treated a lot of people, mostly unknowingly. And several years ago, the scales just kind of started falling from my eyes. And I started to see, like, just to catch glimpses of, the beauty in people um, in just their very being and not in what they were contributing to my life. And I started to, um, I think the Lord just granted me like small fractions of 
what he sees in people, like small fractions of his vision in order to, yeah, just to see, to see as he sees. And, and there was, when that happened in my life, there was this simultaneous, um, joy at this new beauty that I was seeing all around me. And also this grief and this mourning of all of the people in my life that I had discarded and not given the time of day because I was blind, not because they weren't beautiful. And, and that was like a really hard thing to, to realize, but because of it, it's been such a great gift because I now, like when the Lord puts someone in my life, when I, when I encounter someone and I'm like seeking for that beauty in them, I don't take it for granted because I know that I don't deserve it, right? Like the Lord has offered me this opportunity for many years of my life. And for many years of my life, I took his offer and threw it in the trash basically. And thus I have not earned the right to this. And, but like God is so good and he's so merciful. And in his mercy, he makes us worthy of that, which we're not deserving. And so he, he grants me these opportunities to, to redeem that and to be grateful for the beauty that's in front of me. Um, And so that was like several years ago and that's been just a gift since then. Um, But I had this conviction on on my Pustinia that um, I just am like really grateful for the goodness of the relationships in my life. There's just, there's, I, I have so many good friendships and I know that not everyone has that. Um, and, and I know that a lot of our listeners don't have that. And that's, that's part of what this podcast is for them is like, it gives them hope for that friendship, um, to know that those friendships exist. Cause like you, father Michael are one of the very good, like people in my life. And, and we have a very beautiful relationship. And as, um, as I was like praying with the goodness of my relationships, and praying with um, with this book, The Therapy of Spiritual Illnesses, and just like how we're called to this goodness and how we're called to become God and how um, like all of that coming together, I also was really convicted of the ways in these very good relationships um, that I'm not living to the fullest of what I am called in my humanity, ways that I'm still seeking myself. And I was reminded of what C.S. Lewis says in The Four Loves. If you haven't read Four Loves, like I strongly encourage it. It's just a really beautiful book. Um, Father Michael's nodding, which I'm hoping means he's read it. Uh, I've listened to it on Audible. Which, great. Which I, which is not, I just, I wanted to underline every word you kind of underline when mm. you're listening while you drive. So anyway, I, I, I listened to it once. Yeah. But it wasn't very, it didn't sink into much. Um, but C.S. Lewis talks in The Four Loves about how, I read it for The Great Fast a couple of years ago, but how the things which are not goods in our life are not actually the things that become idols. Like we, we think um, at least they don't become the most dangerous idols. Like we, you know, it's the, um, yeah, I don't need to, 
I don't need to extrapolate there. The, but those things are not the things that most easily become idols or most dangerously become idols. Um, an idol is making something into a god, right? And so the things that are the greatest goods and are already the most godlike are the things that it's easy to make into idols, um, to make these things that are so close to God into gods yeah. themselves. And I just, I realize ways that I, I do that in my relationships. And, uh, and, you know, I was talking with a friend recently and he said that he was talking to one of his friends. Um, this is a priest friend of mine. He was talking to one of his friends about like, I just, spiritual relationship, spiritual friendship is so good. It's such a gift. And then this priest's friend that he was talking to said to him, um, I would be careful just presuming that your friendships are spiritual friendships. And, um, and this priest was like, it was a really good check for him of just, am I actually like focusing on Christ in my friendships? Or is it just like, because Christ is some part of them, then I consider them spiritual friendship. And thus I am not really as um, vigilant in them. And, and like, we really do have to keep this, this vigilance and, it reminds me of uh, another priest friend of mine, Father Damien. Uh, I, was, I was talking to Father Damien about friendship years ago. Um, and he said, the moment, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like this. The moment we stop asking ourselves how our friendship could be better is the moment that the friendship ceases to be what it should be or something like that. Um, just in that, like, we need to constantly be turning those things back to the Lord and constantly be asking ourselves that. And, you know, the, the, the check that came for me was, I, <laughs> I would, I won't say which priest this was because he would be so embarrassed, but there was a priest here at the monastery recently who, after he was here, I just was like, my heart was bubbling over and, and I was like, guys, I love him with my whole being. And one of the nuns, um, just kind of, she was, she was totally teasing, but she was like, um, she was like, you say that you love a lot of people with your whole being. And I was like, well, but I do, I do. And, um, and I said, uh, that's how Jesus loves. And so that's how we're called to love. And she, she laughed and she was like, well, no, I just mean, because like, you're so mathematical and you're so precise in your language. And like, it's not possible to love that many people with your whole being. And so, um, I guess in my defense, I love them with God's whole being. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then I countered that by saying, like, it is possible because when I love with my whole being, I'm not losing anything. And um, and I probably had a little uh, <laughs> prideful check mark that appeared in my mind. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but um, so, anyways, it was totally banter. She wasn't actually meaning anything by it, but it was something that I thought about on my Pustinia because I do think that's a good check, right? Like, are we actually, I think I did mean it in that moment. And I really was like loving Jesus in this man. Um, mm-hmm. But we can be so overcome by our emotions and how people are making us feel, then it does become like it starts to to tread into the murky, like self-satisfying kind of friendships. And I know we've had so many podcast conversations about friendship and things like that, but I think it's like a great need in our society today. So I think it's good to keep coming back to it. Um, 
Yeah. But I I think uh, that it's it is a good check, um, and one that we should be asking ourselves, and and to not be afraid when we start to see the places that we are seeking ourselves in our relationships or in our food or in our, whatever it is, like as the Lord reveals those things to us, I don't think we need to panic and run away. It just is a conviction of like, okay, this is a place that needs purified. This is a place I need to recommit. Um, You know, even if you realize that you were totally self-seeking coming into this thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord is asking you to abandon it altogether. Maybe it's like, you came here for some impure reasons, um, but now I want to keep you here for the pure one. I want to purify those and keep you here for the pure ones. And then the last thing I'll share before you kind of share your thoughts, Father Michael, is I also finished reading on Pustinia this book called Christie, uh, which was turned into a CBS um, movie or something. I don't know. But uh, this book is like... Uh, it did so many things in my heart and there's this great character in it that's absolutely just a spiritual mother uh and i highly recommend it especially to female listeners but to what's the book called again christy uh-huh um but also to mother petra got it for me as a christmas gift last year uh but i would also recommend it to male listeners who are open to um, some picturesque, mm, like there's just lots of like describing the beautiful mountains and things like that. And if you're open to that, I think your hearts will also be very moved by it. But this one line that, that really like hit home for me, uh, in regards to what I'm saying about relationships, in regards to me coming to the monastery, in regards to just a lot of things going on in my life, the, the the main character, Christy, is being encouraged to leave this mission that she's on, basically. I won't like give any spoilers, but is being encouraged to leave this mission that she's on. And her response is, you see, it's just that when I volunteered to come to the mountains, I thought it was from really lofty motives because I loved people and wanted to help them. But now I know that wasn't the reason at all. I came for me. So, well, I can't turn around and leave now for the same reason. Mm. Um, and it's just like, man, it's, it's, it just was this, it really hit home and really humbled me um, of like sometimes staying in something after realizing our impure motivations is actually the co- more courageous thing than just like mm. leaving yeah. it all together, yep. um, which is just a crazy thing to think about. But that's what I got. Amen. Um, so I, I may have shared this before, but I, I had that same similar realization, Mother, that you had about you know just where where have my friendships been and and. But mine came from a, a place of, of, I think, much greater insecurity uh, that, that I had to kind of beg and cling for for relationships. Mm. And I, I know I've shared before, like, you know, if, if somebody asked me to hang, hang out, I would always say yes. I was, I was like incapable of saying no because I was so afraid that they were going to have an experience that night that like, oh, we're all buddies oh, no. and 
Exactly, total FOMO. But like to the extent that like they they're literally gonna have the best experience of their life together tonight. It's gonna bond them. And I'm says I'm not part of it. Like I'm out. I'm just gonna be out. Oh. And it, it took it took. I know. Right? This is where the devil made my brain go. Um, but but it was. And then I realized like, oh no, my friendships. The the two friends I celebrated my uh, my birthday with a few weeks ago in Charlotte. Um, I was like these two guys at that time. Like my my and especially one of them. Like my. Our Lord said, you know, the, these are these are Jesus friendships like the, these are friendships that have a foundation in Christ. And therefore, all the surface things you're afraid of happening in the FOMO, etc. Um, those will happen. Those are good. Those are beautiful parts of friendship. But, but if it's based upon Christ, there's something much deeper there. Hmm. Um, and so, yes, the, there's a what, what the friendships we have. Why do we have them? What are we what are we looking for? And it's so like I see it here in L.A. all the time, like people so much of relationships are based upon career goals because it's almost impossible to live in this town and have like a relatively normal life like you have to be striving for like greatness in the entertainment world to have a normal life in los angeles i'm finding out you know for many people again maybe it's just my the the people i hang out with but so there always seems to be a, a tendency towards use you know i'm gonna hang out with you if you can provide me with something that i can take with me and actually that changes my life for the better rather than just finding good friendships in themselves thank god i mean i have i have plenty of people here that i believe are are there and are are i have those relationships with to one extent or the other but i, I just what i'm saying is there's that, that great temptation here mm-hmm. um and and but i did i our lord has put uh, a few people in my life the past two days um both i met at, at the coffee shop at tortoni um, one of them is named, her name was Rachel Day. And I'll, I'll just, I, I'm not, I don't want to, now that I've named her, I don't want to say too much, but she, she's <laughs> on, she was on that TV show, um, 911 for years. And, and, and then now she, she went off and, and then now she came back on it again for like one episode. And now she's doing a lot of writing and producing. Anyway, it was amazing because I think we got, we started talking because of her dog. It's like, you know, dogs can always be like a, a point of conversation, but she, has lived her life in the entertainment world like with immense faith mm. like the 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 things that she the jobs she has not taken the jobs she has left mm-hmm. the the sacrifices she has made because of her christian faith are incredible and like when she told me these stories i mean i started like almost tearing up and then trying to build her up then she started tearing up right there because i just like you i was like you don't see people sacrifice the worldly success that you have sacrificed um, because of your faith and her, your Christian faith. And, and it was, it was so good to just hear her talk about. And the biggest thing was like when she, when she sacrificed a gig, a very good gig um, because of her faith, you know, she initially was like, I'm going to leave LA. I'm, I'm now a writer producer. I can do that from anywhere, especially the writing. So, so, she, but but something about our Lord, this the discernment was, no, stay like stay in L.A. Hmm. and and that's where I want you. That's where good things will happen. Um, she had other tragedies happen in her life that that uh, you know separated her from the places where she was. Anyway, I don't want to go to the details, but um, it made me think of just I'm only in L.A. because of obedience. Now I like it here, hmm. of course, but I'm only in L.A. because of obedience. You're only in Ohio because of obedience. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's something so there's something so beautiful about the obedience that just allows us to 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 be sincere you know, like I, there's a great sincerity to you being a christ the bridegroom and me being a saint mary's 
there's a great sincerity because it's not something we chose. So therefore, it could not have been selfish. You know, there's other aspects of our lives, of course, that 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 are tinged with selfishness, if not outright selfish. But 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 there, I don't. It's hard to say how lay people who can decide where they want to live. You know, Whaley's now going to live in Lander for for a few months at least. And and it's like, did he choose that? Kind of yes. Did he feel called to it? Kind of yes. Mm-hmm. Is he gonna the people there they know is kind of yes. But there there's such a such a clear to our obedience. But but Rachel just showed me that she like she listened to our Lord in so many beautiful ways. And I compared her to my friend Leah Darrow, to my friend um uh, Trevor Williams, like my people that that are living careers that that a lot of other people want, you know, and that that can be really tinged with selfishness, and yet they have a foundation of mm-hmm. the faith and, and of our Lord in that, and and just how beautiful that was. The other one was uh, a guy was a guy uh, I don't know what he's in in film. I, we shared Instagram accounts, but um, he's in film um, somehow, and I heard him talking, and he was saying. You know, okay, these said telling the other guy across the the, the, the chair from him, like, okay, you know, these are big projects. These could be extremely successful. And he says, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to prayer and I'm gonna fast about it. He's like, I've already been fasting all day today. And I was like, I was just hearing this in a Whoa. in a coffee shop in LA. <clears throat> yeah. So so when when he got up, I was like I stood up to, to shake his hand and I was like, I just wanna say I'm a priest and, and I guess the guy he was talking to is doing some show about Syria and the Orthodox Christians in Syria and like so they're both have this Christian foundation but it was it was so beautiful like I was like I you never hear fasting yeah in Los Angeles in a coffee shop from someone who's in film like someone who's in Hollywood <laughs> yeah it was just, it was so beautiful and Rachel was saying the same thing she's like I found out that on the set of of, of 911 I forget the there a bunch of big name actors there she said she realized like nine of them are Christians and she's and they literally walk onto the set and they kind of walk around praying to kind of bless the set with their prayer and things like this before it goes on. And nine one one, I guess, is a, is a show about like an LA fire department. And so there's all these tragedies with all the live fire. There's all these things mm-hmm. that could go very, very wrong down the set. But it, but she said it just I we pray every morning for protection and and I thought you know that 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 discernment is there. Real people are doing this this daily discernment and and sacrificing worldly success because of their faith. Mm-hmm. And it's a really really beautiful thing when when we when we look for that, we'll we'll find it everywhere. You know that we can be we can lose hope sometimes in our society, but but if you just sit in a, a coffee shop in L.A. and then listen to people, you may hear that that hope coming out, and then we all, of course become that hope as well. Mm-hmm. A couple. Do you, do you have anything else to say to that? I have a no, couple no, 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 please, illusions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I maybe shared this before, but um, just a couple other instances of, of like witnessing to Christ in, in a place to kind of run with that theme. I may have shared with you before um, a, a, a girl, of, there were two girls at the bar that I was sitting next to, and we just got chatting. And one of them, when she found out I was a priest, I think I shared this, she like started tearing up. And she says, I haven't been to church since I was confirmed when I was like 12 years old, but, but I... But like God sent you here, like you're sitting here at this bar next to me because mm-hmm. God wanted to give me a gift of, of of a priest sitting next to me in a bar where I would not have expected to see a priest. Um, in in a in a similar thing, um, I I went to Bishop David O'Connell's funeral, um, and like the invitation for priests to go to his funeral, he was. Uh, did you hear about him? He was mm-hmm. the, the bishop here in LA that was murdered. Um, 
he and the invitation just said priests please it was for roman catholic priests of course priests please bring a an, an alvin a white stole so in my mind like oh all the all the celebrating priests all 400 of us or whatever are going to be wearing an alvin a white stole so i only bring my Aterkelian and i bring a white one to match so i'm like i'll stand out a little bit because i'll be wearing a black cassock but that's how it worked in denver all the time well i arrived there and and we're all going to be vested fully in chasubles so like that every they have they have like four hundred chasubles, matching chasubles for all the women priests. Yeah. So they all walk in, there's these like twenty long suffering women who look at you, see what size you are and hand you a chasuble. And then like at the end of the literary like long suffering women <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the mass, like all the priests just walked and they just had us throwing them over chairs. Like there's this pile of chasubles just wow. hanging over those chairs that they have to go and find the right hanger for find the right out the stole for anyway that's why i call them long suffering but when i walked mm-hmm. in there I, I it startled me that i was like oh i'll be wearing a chasuble i didn't i didn't get my byzantine polonian that matches yeah. the chasuble so i'm like what do i do do i just wear it after healing but if i'm considering i should wear so i was like well i'll just wear a roman chasuble over my byzantine after healing mm-hmm. over my byzantine stole so i walk in there and I, i'm looking at this woman and i go like i have a byzantine stole and I put it over my neck and she looks at it and she's so drawn by how beautiful it is that she literally picks up and kisses it like kisses the stole that's now hanging uh-huh. around my around my neck and like she was just struck by how beautiful this Byzantine after, heal, uh, after healing was and it was funny because then I walked in to go find Bishop Kurt and I'm, I'm wearing only the, the after healing at this point he's vesting in his Byzantine vestments and um, Cardinal Mahoney comes walking in and goes I never walked next to you guys in processions. He says, because you always outdo us in your beauty. You know, like, like we, we see we do have some really all bling the time. Bling investments. Yeah. Um, and then, and then that night I go to the outreach um, in uh, the, it was Saturday morning funeral, Saturday evening outreach at Santa Paula. And this, this homeless guy walks in who has a mental illness. Very obviously we've seen him before. We've actually had to kind of ask him to leave um, very gently at the end of the night because we're all leaving too and he just doesn't want to leave and we're like you know we kind of shuffle him out the door and then they lock the door behind us so he can't get back in because he's trying to get back in um, anyway he comes walking in the doors like right in the middle of our, our big social time and I, my, my mind was like oh no it's this guy you know we're going to have to we're going to be careful this guy we saw all these kids around and he, he, he kind of makes a scene um, but he walks in and the first thing he does is, and the cowboy, cowboy asked me to share this this story on the podcast, because he walks up and he walks up to me, and I'm looking at him, and he pulls this Snickers out of his bag. He goes, Snickers, father. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm so sorry, buddy, but I'm fasting. And I'm like, that was the greatest moment of charity dropping piety. Like, some homeless guy offers me a Snickers. Like, I, um, that's, You I, totally should have taken it. I totally should have taken yeah. it. And, and the cowboy's like, mom's gonna, mother's going to be so mad at you. Um, yeah, absolutely. and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally should. Anyway, I did. So then I walk. So I say this. He goes, oh, it's Lent. That's right. And then he goes. And then he looks at my cross around my neck, and he takes it, and he kisses it, and then he puts on the, on his head, then he kisses it again, then he just goes and sits down very calmly, that's and I'm beautiful. like, beautiful. Whoa. So these these you never know what you wear on your neck, whether it's a, a Byzantine after Kilian, a cross. You never know what you say, like using the word fasting in a coffee shop. You never know what the person sitting next to you who's who's write, literally writing a screenplay, as Rachel was writing a screenplay in the in the coffee shop, which is so stereotypical for, for L.A. But it was like, and, but I was like, there's so much, these little, little hints at beautiful stories that, that can allow 
just strangers or acquaintances to begin a relationship based upon Christ. And the guy I told you about earlier, that I met the cigar bar last night, same thing. Like we 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 talked for a long time just on miracles. Like that that's what our conversation is. The cigar bar was on miracles. I was like, these because, are good good conversations. Yeah, emphasis on the word good. Like it's not. It's mm-hmm. it's the beauty, absolutely, but it's also the attraction to the goodness. Um, yeah. It's the the good, the true, and the beautiful, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's so attractive because that's actually the thing to which we're called, and we're we're hungering for that, we're thirsting for that, and yes. we often don't even know what we're hungering and thirsting for. Like yeah. we we embrace sometimes these cheap imitations or these perversions of, of beauty and truth and goodness because we're so hungry for it that we like go through the fast food drive through when actually we're being offered a banquet, um, basically. And yeah, it's just like, it's that, that life is, is so attractive. You know, I've, I remember we've, we've talked about this, I think before on the podcast, but like when I decided to enter the monastery, um, when I had like made the firm decision, I was asked out by like more guys than ever in my life. And I had like, um, I had boyfriends and things like that before, but like, this was just ridiculous. Right. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't like men who knew that I was entering the monastery. And so it was like, Oh, this is a challenge or something like that. Like it was people who had no idea. And, and I think that there's just like, they were seeing something. They didn't know what they were seeing, but it's that pursuit of Christ and that desire to live goodness is very attractive to people. Yeah. So if, if girls trying to get guys to surround priesthood <laughs> are called chalice chippers, what are guys trying to? Most of these guys didn't know. Guys? Most of these guys didn't know that that's what I was I'm doing. Some of them did, mother. but <laughs> trying to be funny. I know Habit. it's nice when you try to be funny. Habit hamperers. Habit um, inhibitors? Habit inhibitors. <laughs> That's almost a tongue twister, but it's actually really, really good. I mean, I'll think of something for next time. But please, listeners, submit your... <laughs> I don't do want to lean into this. Yeah, no, please don't. Um, it's not actually... Do I'm actually topic? like the chalice chippers. Um, what? Do you want to do a mini topic? Do I don't think we have time. Let's just end. I, I wanted to do a mini topic because wow. I thought my brain wasn't going to... Okay. function for a whole hour and I mean function is a strong word but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I'll do the spiel then Um, will I (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) sorry okay Um, we're on Goodreads that's where you can find out the information about the book that's by Dr. Jean-Claude Larcher uh, not father and um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, just Father Michael at Padre Michael O. Um, oh, super exciting because this is coming out like five days before it happens. Uh, Father Michael, I'm going to be in LA. Father Michael and I are leading retreat at Annunciation Parish in Anaheim on March 25th. And so on March 26th, sorry, four days after this comes out. Sunday, March 26th, Father Michael and I are going to have a live episode at his parish, the Proto-Cathedral of St. Mary in um, Sherman Oaks at 4 p.m., followed by dinner. You're all invited. Please send us an email if you're coming so that we can include you for the dinner count. And then after dinner, we have a special surprise to share with those who are present. Uh, 
so that's happening. If you uh, like this episode or any of the episodes, please share it with someone so that they can also like it. And rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, I am all over the place right now. Uh, and there's a big one that I'm forgetting. And We're on social medias. Oh, no, I said social media. But then okay. also, though, um, if you want to support our nonprofit, that's Fotina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A dot org. And you can find us on Patreon, What God Is Not, uh, to support um, our nonprofit, which includes this uh, um, podcast. Uh, and I don't know anything else. Um, anything else, Father Michael, before prayer requests? Nope. We got our website, whatgodisnot.com. Email us at whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail. Mm-hmm. We're on YouTube, audio only. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I forgot all of those things. Thank you. Um, prayer intention. I'd like you to pray for Elizabeth. I don't actually know how to pronounce her last name. Do you? I should not have called you out on that. And I'm just going to no, say no, Elizabeth. Mar- Marzai. Okay, great. You did know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, she, I'm so bad at names. I wouldn't have been ashamed of that, but I did she, ask her. Recently. She is the one who... Um, released this documentary about um, my discernment of life profession and it premiered at the True False Film Festival in Missouri and was a great success and very well received and all of that. And so um, please pray for her as she continues to to do good work and to be, um, to bring Christ to people as an oasis in the desert that they don't even know they're thirsting for. So uh, yeah, Father Michael. Amen. I'm, I'm just going to ask people to pray for uh, the the three people I've met recently in the past couple of days who are living a life of Christ uh, to one extent or another um, here in Los Angeles in a in a place where it's just so good to see that. So for um, Ade, Mark, and Rachel, please pray for all three of them and their families um, that they continue to be built up um, and, and continue to be good witnesses to Christ in, in this world. Awesome. And Father Michael, can you please give us a blessing? Father bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you be truly seekers of goodness, but also truth and beauty. May you uh, desire to be self-giving, to find Christ as he dwells in your heart and allow him to uh, define you for who you truly are as he created you to be and to have great confidence in that definition and that reality of who you are. May you grow closer to Christ in this great fast and always that you may truly be like him and to be able to give yourself that we may be purged of anything that keeps us subhuman and acting like animals seeking after our own will or after pleasure. That we may find confidence and joy in being Christ-like in that self-gift that the Lord may empower and be present in all of this to allow us to give in a way that is not even tinged with selfishness, but rather inundated and saturated by him and his will. There, Lord, also bless those around you so you have good community to support you in that endeavor as they receive the goodness that you are a conduit for in Christ, and that also you receive that from them. My Lord, give you everything you need to build up his kingdom and the salvation of your soul. 
May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.